You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron Dietrich here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe, alongside from the New Star. Adam Hunsucker joins us this morning. As Jake Martin is out. Adam, what's up, bud? Not much, my man. Happy to be here this morning. I think this is the this is the first time for you and me to do this. Like yeah. I said, it's it's a it's almost a George Costanza moment. We got worlds colliding, and uh, I think we're gonna have some fun this morning. Yes, this is gonna be enjoyable over the next uh, two hours. Buckle up. This should be. Uh, we got plenty to talk about, and of course, you can hit us up on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline slash text line. That number is 888-993-7762. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. Plenty to discuss. We've got some great guests coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. But as we typically do, we lead off with some headlines. And while you were sleeping, some pretty big news from the NBA. Adam. Yeah, LeBron James is a Laker. Um, and there's a lot of interesting subplots that are going to go along with this. Um you know, you look you look at the state of things now. Um, where I, I said going into this, wherever LeBron goes is kind of going to shift the whole balance of power within the league. And you know, the East is wide open now, and um, we may have a new uh, we may have a new player in the less West in L.A. But I still think the Lakers. You know, they cleared out all that cap space to take another max deal. I still think they're going to have another guy uh, need another guy to come in there to really compete for this thing. And, and that could also mean, um, some changes down, uh, down in new Orleans, regardless of what Boogie cousins does. All right. So many different ways to tackle this. And let's just start with this LeBron. And of course his group clutch sports media, they come out with a press release late last night. All it reads is LeBron James, four time NBA MVP, three time NBA finals, MVP, 14 time NBA all-star and two time Olympic gold medalist has agreed to a four-year, $154 million contract with the Los Angeles Lakers. So instead of doing the love letter, of course, to Cleveland, I'm coming home. Instead of doing the Jim Gray, the big decision, basically just the press release. What do we make of that? Well, he probably he probably figured out for better or worse, you know, the decision blew up in his face. Uh-huh. And I think if you look at the reaction to the decision when it happened and he went to the Miami Heat, that really hasn't aged well. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I think the vitriol and everything that was, you know, directed his way, including by Dan Gilbert, the Cleveland Cavaliers owner, you know, we forget that all the money that was raised off the decisions, all the mm-hmm. proceeds that came from ESPN, LeBron donated to the Boys and Girls Club of Akron. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about somebody, we want to see athletes do the right things, reinvest in their communities. He did that and was scorned for it. So I really don't blame him for taking the, the – take the press release, release it, and keep it moving approach. A lot of big winners in this, especially for L.A., and we'll get to the couple other dominoes already falling this morning, joining LeBron in L.A., but how about Magic Johnson and the golden touch that he continues to have? So he basically has a sit-down meeting with LeBron. They're face-to-face for three to four hours. you got to like Magic Johnson's uh, chances when he gets that opportunity. Hey, he called a shot, and we, you got you got to give Magic that. He's, he said, uh, like, Late last week, you know, people were peppering him with questions about free agency, what he's going to do, and his response is basically, I'm Magic Johnson. Yeah. And, <laughs> yes, he is, and that's why LeBron James is a Laker. Yeah. And he basically said, you know, if I don't get this done, Jenny Buss can fire me. But, ultimately, Magic knows what he's doing, and he was able to close the deal. Now the Lakers' uh, new odds from Vegas has have them at 7-2 to two to win a world championship. Of course, Golden State's still the favorite. Uh, you look at the Celtics, also seven to two odds. Rockets at seven to one, and Cleveland now falls to three hundred and one. Imagine that. Yeah. So now we, the biggest news, of course, and what this means to the Pills, and what does this mean? Will Cousins now, uh, Demarcus Cousins, follow LeBron to L.A.? Pills got to be sweating this one out a little bit. I would think so because if you if you're the Pels, you got to feel like to an extent that you kind of missed your window. With um, you know, with cousins getting hurt and you know not having him to pair pair with Anthony Davis, who also, you know, h- how long is he going to stick around? Yeah. Uh, cousins' first calls that were made were from the Pels and from the Lakers when a free agency opened. We mentioned some dominoes already falling and joining uh, LeBron in L.A. Uh, so this morning there are sources from ESPN that say Lance Stevenson. Uh, 
Javal McGee and uh, another one, a guard, uh, Contarius Caldwell Pope, uh, have agreed to join LeBron in L.A. Well, the thought, the dynamic of Lance Stevenson and LeBron being teammates now is hilarious mm -hmm. because so much of so much of Lance Stevenson's career and his even persona as a player has been, you know, kind of kind of the embodiment of the people that can't stand LeBron, regardless of who was playing. More so, I guess, in Indianapolis when the Pacers and the and the Heat and the uh, Cavs kind of had their their back and forth going, um, played in the Eastern Conference Finals, I believe. But that's another thing to look at too. Um, you know, those are pieces, but those are not pieces that are going to put you over the top. Yeah. To me, it all centers around what, what is Kawhi Leonard going to do more so even than DeMarcus Cousins because, you know, the Celtics are also interested in Kawhi Leonard and tried to trade for him at the deadline last year. And that that's the other, <laughs> that's the other piece to this whole thing that's going to kind of shape the season. You would have to feel like, though, LeBron and Magic, they kind of laid out the plan and who they were going to bring in and who he could get to come to L.A. and who he wanted to play for. Because, you know, LeBron's looking at that roster right now. Yes, young and very talented, but the key word is young, and he's got to have some huge pieces around him. Well, kind of as we as we saw last year with, with Cleveland when, you know, the Cavs more resembled LeBron James and the Pips. Yeah. Um, he's more than capable of getting this team to the playoffs and, pro and maybe a Western Conference final. I mean, Houston might have something to say with that. But there's also this, um, going back to Magic Johnson. Let's not forget that Magic Johnson learned from the best. There's a reason, other than, you know, Sonny in 75 in L.A. every day, that the Lakers have always been traditionally able to acquire free agents, mm -hmm. and that that was Jerry Buss. Jerry Buss was the master of it, and, mm -hmm. you know, he um, he also took Magic under his wing when he was a player, and I think it's probably rubbed off on him significantly. And the other big news from the NBA this weekend, of course, uh, Paul George uh, re-signing with Oklahoma City, one of the big dominoes, of course, falling and staying there. Right, and you know, I, I guess that makes Oklahoma Oklahoma City better. But at the same time, you know, for a guy that calls himself Playoff Paul, you go back to that series with with uh, with the Utah Jazz. Yeah, I know it's 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 you know trendy to blame Russell Westbrook for everything that happens there. But it was pretty clear if you watched that series when Paul George was good, you know, the Thunder was winning, and when they when he wasn't, they weren't very good at all. And you've got Carmelo Anthony still sitting there, who you know, for all intents and purposes, if you watch him play, is done. So. Yeah. I'm not sure where, where else Oklahoma City goes from here. So I think it all boils down to Cousins. Does he follow LeBron to L.A. or does he finally stay with the Pels? I mean, he's got to be the next big one to fall because you have to feel like Leonard does not go from the Spurs to the Lakers. No, unless they work out some kind of a trade deal and what does that involve. And I think if you look at it, the Celtics probably makes more sense with, with um, Kawhi just to me because they, they have more pieces to offer. I mean, I, I, crazy as it sounds after the playoffs, but I still think – you know, the Celtics could trade Jason Tatum and Mike Rozier for Kawhi and be happy with it. Mm -hmm. you got to feel like Popovich isn't going to trade him to L.A. either. No, not, not depending on what they get back. And, yeah. you know, what, what I'm – And then know, I saw Popovich. How many years does he have left in him? Does, you know, he, does he really have – you know, does he want to do this thing much Well, longer? exactly. And you think of it this way, too. I mean, what's the best asset the Lakers have right now? Lonzo Ball? Yeah. Does, does he does – he, does Popovich want to deal with the Ball family for his last couple How years on the job? I'd like that. I would too, just for the sheer, um, just for the press conferences of it all. But that's probably about the only productive thing we get out of it. Uh, the Pels did make one move over the weekend. It's not official, obviously yet, but uh, Alfred Payton, of course, formerly of ULLL, four-year vet, he has uh, inked a deal with the Pels uh, in the, his NBA career, averaging about thirteen point six assists per game. So they find some backcourt help with Payton, and he's coming home. Yeah, it's John Eric kid, and um, you know helped the Cajuns get to the NCAA tournament a few years ago. That's just to me, that's a smart signing. It's a good signing. I'm not sure how much it's going to do for local interest or anything, but whenever you get a chance to bring a guy like that home, you do it. And he of 13 points, he can be a productive bench guy for them. NBA, of course, making huge news this weekend, but there was some other news in case you missed it. Uh, David Tom's Shreveport fame, of course, born in Monroe, wins the U.S. Senior Open. I believe that's his first victory since 2011. Uh, Adam, we had an opportunity to kind of visit with him when he was over at Bayou de Sierra about a month or two months ago. And I found it interesting, and I'm sure you did too at the visit. We talked about, of course, the Masters and Tiger Woods and his comeback. And it always seemed like maybe it was just my tone of the interview with him. It was all past tense with him. And I think he kept bringing up the fact that, hey, I still got some good golf left in me, and obviously for him to win the U.S. Senior Open. 
Yeah, I mean that's um, it's a hallmark of the competitor, and that's what that's what David Toms is. And also, if you've ever gotten the chance to spend time with David Toms, one of the best dudes you're going to be around. When Very it comes unassuming. To sports. Exactly. You know, and you know he he we me and him were talking, and you know he was asking me about what I cover and what I do, and ULM got brought up, and he was proud to let me know that his dad was a basketball player at ULM, and his mom was a war bonnet. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's another guy with ties to Monroe and Shreveport, and, you know, it's just good to see him out there have some success. Pretty cool story. Uh, his caddy was a little ill the first two days, so his son Carter actually uh, worked the bag, and then his regular caddy came back for the final two days. But that's pretty neat, the fact that his son plays for LSU on the bag for the first two days and for his dad, of course, to be back in the spotlight winning the U.S. Senior Open. Of course, it helps when you have somebody that's ready to go like that that knows what they're doing, too. Mm-hmm. Other headlines. Uh, so I was all in on the World Cup this weekend. We'll get into this with uh, Adam. Uh, that sounds uh, very sarcastic. <laughs> I had the, pretty much the same response, and I think I picked the right weekend to get all in with the World Cup. Yeah, I, I think you did, and, and we'll get into this later. But I, I, I will say may, maybe my sarcasm is showing, but it wasn't that I didn't try. Right. I've tried before. It just, it just has not worked. So here is our World Cup update. Raquitifa abriendo para Montoya. Está esperando Suárez. Espera Suárez en diagonal. Pero muy ancha la pelota. Alcanza a enganchar la pelota. Serva este lado. Queda un hombre para la marca. Le queda atrás a Suárez. Goloso del Barça. ¡Gol! We bring in our World Cup expert in-house World Cup guru, that being John Tabor over at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters. Tabes, how good was yesterday? Then, of course, what took place on Saturday with Argentina and France? That's what I expect when you get the knockout round of the World Cup. It's win or go home and you know, I don't know if American sports fans can really understand the the pressure that you know, take Messi for example. <laughs> the 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 scrutiny that he's gonna receive back home in Argentina, I don't know if any athlete in America has, has ever faced that. Maybe LeBron with it with the whole bouncing around, you know where am I going next kind of deal. But a lot of that is, is self-manufactured on his part. You know, this this is like the the biggest athlete in baseball, basketball, and football all wrapped up in the one and only playing one sport. And now he let his entire country down. At least they'll feel that way. You know, but Tapes, and I was watching Argentina and France, and it was a fantastic match. But, you know, when you typically have a generational player like that, like Messi, you would think, or LeBron on the court, you can see him, they stand out. He never stood out to me that much until the, the end, of course, that led to the header in terms of him being that dynamic and that dominant of a player. Well, I mean, one reason is he's – and maybe this is why Ronaldo catches my eye more than Messi is Ronaldo looks like a world-class athlete. You know, Messi looks like you know, just your neighborhood insurance salesman. But then you see him with the ball in his feet, and he does things that defy human physics. So – yeah, and I think that's part of the draw of Messi is he does kind of remind people of the common man. Hmm. But and you know, both for both of them to have to go back home now, and you know Portugal was coming off a Euro Championship two years ago, so they had really high hopes as well. And now they're sitting at home, and you got teams like the host Russia, who came in ranked, I don't know, sixty third or something in the FIBA rankings, and now they're still moving on in Croatia as well. So it's there's definitely a lot of, of mix-up and, you know, the, the, the standard bearers of world soccer are kind of falling out early and now some different new blood is in there. I think it's good for the game. And you want to talk about drama, and I know uh, we'll get into this with uh, Chris Barron coming up at 8 o'clock, but uh, penalty kicks, when it boils down to that, and, and I know we can talk about it, should a game or match actually be decided by penalty kicks, but you can see the stress in the faces of not only the fans and the coaches, but – when that player has to step up to that ball, and of course, uh, it's all on that guy. Uh, that's pretty good stuff. That is as good as sports uh, drama gets, right there. I, th- I think it's that's as thick of an atmosphere as like you talking about. You can you can see the almost physically see the stress of of players, coaches, and, and fans like. And I, I'm with you. I like to see the the game decided on the you know within the natural run of play. But after you've played for two hours, especially in a tournament setting where you've got games coming up, eventually, you know, physically, you know, you've got to have some sort of way to, to okay, we we got to quit, 
got to quit playing because you can't, you know, some of these games they would just lock down defensively and it'd never end if you didn't have some sort of finality. Okay, we've got to go to penalties now. So I think 20 years ago or so they did the golden ball with the first goal in overtime one, and, and it was great for excitement of the sudden goal aspect, but what if you keep playing and playing and playing and playing? So that's kind of where the penalties came back. And that, that, that concept in itself, to me, sort of separates soccer from some of the other sports. You see it in hockey as well during the regular season. But I like that atmosphere. Man, it just – you talk about 15 minutes of just on your – literally on the edge of your seat. Hun soccer's not buying it. Well, well, that's what I was going to ask you, John. Man, yeah, if you're not buying, if you're if you're not buying what I'm trying to sell now, you're just never going to pick it up, and that's well, cool. And, it, and, it, and, it, and you may be right, but I, I will say I have tried. I have tried. Well, I, I get it. And yet, yesterday Cups. was kind of tough. You, you take the Denmark and, and um, Croatia game. You had three goals right off the bat, or excuse me, two goals right off the bat. Bam, bam. You know, a goal by Denmark in the first two minutes. Croatia comes right back, and then you've got 95 minutes of. To the to the casual eyes, just uh, what's what's really going on here? Now, granted, well, let me let me ask you this then: for 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 the skeptic like me or somebody that's tried and, and, and can't do it, how, how do you sell the world World Cup to the average American fan? Uh, I mean, you, I know you can only have pans sold to the crowd so many times, but and, and this kind of brings in a little bit of the human interest into it as well to the casual American fan. But to see the fans of the different nations of the world, and you can just see the excitement, the joy, the tension, the stress in their face. You know, that you can tell they're, for anybody, it'd be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go abroad and see that. And because soccer is, like I said, it's really the, the only, other than maybe European basketball and Latin American baseball, it's the world's game, man. I mean, it, it's the only game in many countries, and it's their one chance every four years to say, "Hey, you know, we, you know, we we belong on the world stage." So, I, if you can't get into the athletic competition of it, there's the human interest part of it that's pretty cool. I, you know, it's to me, it's what the Olympics used to be, used to be, frankly, and aren't anymore. So, I dig that. And we got a huge match coming up, what, at uh, 9 o'clock our time, right, Mexico? Yes, I think it's probably the most American interest within one specific match. I'm just taking a, a guess out there because of the, you know, of course our so southern borders country and, and a huge Mexican contingency, especially in Texas and California. So it's going to get really good viewership. And, and I think just to the casual eye and the fan, it's going to be an exciting game. Two teams that like to get up and down and play more of an offensive game, they're not going to sit back in the shell. How about that World Cup update? How about the fact I had a few people over yesterday, and uh, we actually stopped, and you had to stop and watch the penalty kicks. I mean, it was good. It was great TV. That was drama. That was all-time first, too, stopping to watch soccer. Well, I also learned today that, that Tabor's a man of many talents. Yeah. It, it extends to more than, um, more than uh, producing and wrestling. That's and right. I'm impressed to see. That's your World Cup update. We'll have more coming up from uh, Chris Barron, West Monroe soccer coach at 8 o'clock. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pancake. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? <laughs> the starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. Also got uh, Michael Hunter, of course, uh, started at Richwood, then at West Monroe, then Indiana, then at uh, Oklahoma State. Has bounced around the NFL a little bit. He held a camp over the weekend. Of course, now he's with the Denver Broncos. He will join us at 8.15. Nick White, the voice of the Warhawks, will join us for his weekly visit at 8.30. we got a number of other headlines that we'll get to him here in the next segment. Plus, uh, I want to pick uh, Adam Hunsucker's brain here on a number of things, including the budgets of universities in the state and across the country. Get ready. 888-993-7762. You can weigh in on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance hotline slash text line. The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7. Back after this. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at RonnieWardToyotaOfRuston.com. 
We'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. The newest lawn equipment pro center in the area is your new Cub Cadet Superstore, Yard Power. Yard Power in Monroe is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only dealer in Northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with Cub Cadets. Over 100 mowers on the ground ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self. Maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive, all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the morning drive on Sports Talk 97.7. Aaron here hanging out from the new stars. Adam Hunsucker joins us this morning. Jake Martin is out. He will be back tomorrow morning. Football season, of course, right around the corner. A couple news and notes might interest you. Of course, Ben Miles, Les Miles' son, uh, went to Nebraska. They bring in Scott Frost. Scott Frost doesn't exactly use the fullback in his offense. In fact, I don't even think he uses there's a fullback on his roster. So uh, Ben Miles is looking to leave Nebraska. He finds a new home at Texas A&M. Right, and think about Nebraska. The Cornhuskers, yeah. Tom Osborne, option left, option right. They don't play with a fullback anymore. Like, it's nothing sacred. Mm. So, uh, Ben Miles, Les Miles now will be going to College Station. <laughs> He'll be sitting in the stands. Gig him. Well, I think there's a better chance of him sitting in the stands there than in Tiger Stadium anytime yeah. soon, just you know what he said the past couple weeks. But, hey. number of things I want to pick your brain about. And, of course, uh, you, you're past. A lot of people have, don't not, do not realize this. But uh, you come from Tennessee, correct? That's right. Born and raised. Um, I'm originally from uh, Bristol, Tennessee. You NASCAR folks will know where that is. Um, Were you big into NASCAR? Growing up, absolutely. But, um, you know, I always always make the joke. I mean, I've, we, we talk about it a lot on this station. But, um, you know, I, th- I think there's a lot of cross-pollination between the NASCAR fan base and the wrestling fan base. Mm. And I kind of tuned out on NASCAR the same way because all my favorite drivers are either retired or dead. Would you sit down and watch World Cup or a NASCAR race? I can still watch NASCAR. I can still I can still watch Brist- the two Bristol races. I can still watch the Daytona 500. I can find a reason to kind of jump in back into that, even though I don't really know anyone that's doing it anymore. How often did you go to a race when you were growing up? Oh, all the time. Um, not even just Bristol races, but, you know, we it was nothing to go um, run to Charlotte or Talladega or do anything like that. I've got um, – I've got an uncle who's really into it, still into it, and he liked to go. My mom liked to go. So you would just, it was one of those things you just get in the car and go. Hmm. Everybody tells me once you go and you see it in person and you can just feel it and hear the engines, you're in it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's no re, there's no way not to be in it just if you just even think about the sensory of it all. But then, you know, you get there, you get settled in, you watch what's going on. If even you can go by the race scanners and figure out kind of the strategy of what people are doing, you, it's, it's pretty easy to get into. Philip Fulmer, did they not realize what they had had when they had him? Old dad. Um, the, th- the thing about Philip Fulmer and being fired, I don't know when he was fired, I don't know they didn't realize what they had. I think it was a, um, I think in hindsight you could say it was a panic move by the administration. Um, Tennessee had been losing ground to not only Florida at the time, but you saw Georgia come jump back on the scene, LSU, Nick Saban had been hired at Alabama. And they were kind of getting lapped by all these programs. And as the theme is of a lot of institutions, and I'm not, and you know, I think you can make as many points for firing Fulmer as there are for as there would have been for keeping him. But 
institutions tend not to look at themselves critically and ask, well, what can we do to make this coach his job easier? Obviously, mm. he's won before. He didn't forget how to coach football, but they didn't want to do that. And, you know, I could do a whole show about the instability at Tennessee. It all started from the top and started way before they fired Philip Fulmer. But, you know, that vacuum of leadership, you know, led to that move and has kind of led to every move they've had since. Everybody now mentions Lane Kiffin and says, well, you know, maybe Tennessee would welcome him back with open arms. Do you ever envision that happening? Oh, the fan base would. There is no question about that. I'm just, you know, I'm on a group text with all my college buddies, and we were, you know, going back and forth during that, you know, clown car show of a coaching search, and they all, they, they were all cool with Kiffin coming back. Now, as far as the people that actually work at Tennessee and were there when Lane was there, yeah. that will never happen, mm. and you know, for obvious reasons. And when when you look back on his tenure, tenure, but how he, many of those people are gone? I mean, they got well, a lot of fresh faces still. Well, at, at the top, I mean, you've had ADs and presidents and chancellors be fired because, yeah. you know, somebody has to, to take the fall for these decisions. But a lot of the support staff, a lot of people work within the athletic department, we're all there, and they're all still there. Mm. And, you know, there's just there's not a lot of sentiment for bringing Lane back. Although I do contend if he had stayed, he with the way they were recruiting and the staff they had, they would have won big. Now, it would have ended badly. I don't know quite as bad as Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss, but something probably along those lines. Mm. Uh, there was some huge news from Tennessee last week. Uh, their play-by-play broadcaster, John Ward, just a legend in the business, had been there more than 30 years, uh, died. Can you put into words what he meant to Tennessee Volunteer Athletics? You know, it's hard to. And it's not even just um, UT Athletics. It's the entire state. Because, when, you know, when you grew up there and, you know, the time period I did, I'm, I mean, I'm probably – I'm 33 years old. So if you're below 30, you probably never really – you know, didn't have as much – understand the impact of John Ward from listening to the radio play-by-play broadcast because that has changed so much but you know it wasn't just that you know John was a pitch man for a lot of things in in town I can still hear those natural gas commercials he used to do and I in my head and you know he you just don't make him like him anymore you know him people like him you know Kaywood Ledford at Kentucky Hugh Durham at North Carolina Larry Munson at Georgia you know that was back in the day when games weren't on TV mm. And your your play by play broadcaster was your voice and your eyes to the game, and he was he was one of those. Twenty seven time recipient of Tennessee Sportscaster of the Year, seventy six was named the best college announcer in the country. John Ward. Everybody wants to know, uh, Hunsaker, how you arrived from Tennessee to Monroe. <laughs> Long story. A few few of you all know this, but um, I finished my undergrad at at Tennessee in two thousand eight, and then. Kind of, kind of bounced around a little bit. I guess you would call those like the Bruce Wayne years, the Jesus years, where you're kind of, you're kind of off the grid, and you're living, you're figuring things out. And um, so you graduate and you get a couple of years off. Well, you know, I'm working is uh, working still, but uh, not, not, <laughs> not in, not in media, but okay. just you know, it, it's not. You're a bit, you're a bit more irresponsible at that age in your in your mid twenties, and if you decide you want to move somewhere, go. You just kind of go and don't yeah. think about stuff. Mm-hmm. But. Um, you know, I knew I wanted to get in media and do this, and I kind of figured that out when I was, you know, logging desk time in a cubicle one day, and all I did to entertain myself was listen to sports talk radio and read stuff online, and I just thought, you know, I could do this mm. if, if I figure out a way. And at that time, um, my dad, who um, what, who just retired uh, two years ago from CenturyLink, and my family was moving to Monroe um, uh, to, so he could work here in the corporate headquarters, and... Um, we kind of just got discussing my future and what I wanted to do, and the topic of grad school came up, and I took the GRE and did all that. And, you know, one day we were just sitting around, and he said, you know, why don't you, um, you, you if you could get into ULM, why don't you come down here and come with us? And I thought, you know, that doesn't sound like such a bad idea. So did you move back in with the parents? Yeah. Oh, nice. They, 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 bought, they bought, you know, a nice house in the bend with a pool, and yeah. I thought, you know, I'm going um, to take, take advantage of this. How'd as, that work uh, out, moving them back in with the parents after graduating? Oh, it's the two best roommates I ever had. Oh, nice. Yeah, and plus, you know, I have a little brother who's um, 20, yeah. and he was going through, uh, you know, his formative high school years. It was cool to be be around with that. And um, so, you know, I went to grad school at ULM, and um, while I was there, I started working at the Hawkeyes student newspaper, and it jumped on at the right time for the 2012 football season. And that's what I always joke when it comes to Todd Berry. I was there for the best of times and the worst of mm. times. But um, – 
Finished up at ULM in the spring of 2013. The new star hired me um, that fall to start. I was doing preps full full time at, at that time, and they actually hired me the day before football season. Been there ever since. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, let's get into uh, the salaries and, of course, how much revenue is being generated by area universities and, of course, college football programs across the country. That's coming up next on the Morning Drive. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Hi, Kevin from High Tech. The latest cyber attack has already infected hundreds of thousands of computers in over 150 countries, brought down hospitals, railroads, banks, and even Federal Express right here in the U.S. Are you concerned that you may be vulnerable to the latest cyber attack? Then don't wait. Give us a call at 255-1110 and we'll provide guidance on how you can verify that you're secure. We also have checklists on our website at solutionsbyhitech.com or find us on Facebook. Hey folks, this is Jody Wood with Wood Marine. Our 4th of July sale is already in full swing here in Ruston. Blowout pricing on all in-stock models with factory and military discounts available on low fishing boats, hunting boats, and pontoons. Get your family together this summer on a new high-performance low pontoon powered by Mercury Motors. Wood Marine has a huge selection of tubes, ski ropes, and life vests for those fun days on the water. Also, Wood Marine is now a full-line dealer for well-built boats. As always, Wood Wood Marine is your go-to for marine parts and accessories. Stop by and see what's new at Wood Marine or follow us on Facebook. Hi, I'm Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser. Louisiana is more than just a place to visit. It's our way of life, and that means being outdoors. Join the nearly 2 million people who camped, biked, paddled, and hiked our state parks last year as we invite you to do the same. Every corner of Louisiana has something to offer. From the world-class fishing at Toledo Bend to paddling at Fountainwood to exploring the ancient mounds at Poverty Point World Heritage Site. So fill up your car and staycation right here in our home, Louisiana. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the show. Aaron and Adam Hunsucker from the New Star hanging out this morning. Of course, the big news being if you're... Went to bed early last night. LeBron James has signed a new deal with the Lakers. Four years, $153 million. His uh, agency sends out a statement. LeBron is a Laker. Now I believe LeBron is on vacation in Europe. Not a bad life. No. Um, you gotta, and the cool thing about, about LeBron, I think, when it comes to that, it, it, it's, I know it's gonna. this is not going to sound crazy, but LeBron is just a normal dude when it comes to stuff like this. And that's hard to say because the man is the best basketball player on planet Earth. But think about this. I mean, you're talking about a kid from Akron that married his high school sweetheart. Uh-huh. Um, they have a family together, uh-huh. and, you know, they have the means to go and do things, and they do. And I think that's kind of cool to see. I don't think he's flying uh, coach, though, to wherever he's going. Well, he may not even be flying commercial, yeah, period. I don't think he is. <laughs> uh, speaking of money. Uh, let's get into this. USA Today every year puts out th- this list. Uh, universities, athletic programs across the country. Who's making the most money and where does it not financially make sense? Uh, Adam, you've crunched the numbers. You've looked at it. Let's go big picture first. Uh, Texas, what uh, j- uh, making $214 million last year? Not bad. No, and you look at the list, and you got Texas A&M in the number two spot right behind them. So we got a, we got us an old good old Lone Star, Lone Star State showdown. I love it. I mean, there's nothing, you know. That's that's the thing. You 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 being from Texas, right? Yeah. And I, me having lived in Austin and spent some time here, there is nothing more entertaining to me than the audacity of Texans mm-hmm. and what they and what they will do to to claim that number one spot. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really curious to see where A&M will be on this list next year since, you know, we have signed over our firstborn. Or I say we, I'm not a part of it, but they have signed over their firstborn and everything for Jimbo Fisher. Mm. Total revenue, Texas, $214 million. Total expenses, 207 
Texas A&M coming in at second with 211 for total revenue. Just real quickly, the top ten for you, Texas, Texas A&M, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama coming in at fifth, Georgia, Oklahoma, Florida, LSU at number nine, Auburn at ten. LSU uh, total revenue, $147 million. Total expenses, 131 That's interesting because yeah. usually you see this, um, most of these, particularly the ones that are winning, I, w- I don't have Alabama's numbers off the top of my head, but I would be, which you say they're spending as much as they're making. Uh, total revenue, 174 Total expenses, 156 So still a nice little profit there for them. Right. You know, that kind of surprised me because usually when you got that, you're going to re- – a lot of times people are going to reinvest – into the athletic department, particularly football-wise, and that's why you see these schools like Alabama and now Georgia that have these army of support staff and other you know, various analysts and what have you. All right, Adam, you crunched the numbers. What stands out with our local universities? Well, a couple things. Um, you, you look at ULM, we'll start there. Um, and, you know, ULM, their, their budget and revenue continues to grow each year. I mean, it's it's up, um, you know, they made $16.1 million in 2017 on a – $15.5 million budget. And what's interesting is you look at it, it's it's one of the few years where they've actually made money. Mm-hmm. So that's good that, That's good to see that there is growth there. But the problem is that growth isn't you know, matching with not only their peers in the state, but also in the Sunbelt Conference. So, you know, it's like, you, you, you know, they're, they're, they're getting an inch. Everybody else is getting a mile. Mm-hmm. And, again – So on paper it looks good. Yeah. But – I mean, it is good. I mean, it, the, the, don't get me wrong. It is improvement, but it's not the improvement that they need to be making. And it, it's it's a hard sell. And I think when you look at Louisiana Tech, because to me what stands out when you look at these numbers for Louisiana Tech, if you look at their budgets, I mean, it would be I mean, it would be at the bottom of the Sun Belt along with ULM. Mm. But what they do a very good job of is when it comes to outside contributions, donations, other other for, forms of revenue, and they're leading Conference USA in in that measure. If you combine those two, they may they brought in 8.5 million just of random stuff last year, and that's interesting to me because that's how they're doing this. In a way, you know, Louisiana Tech's a public school, but they operate a lot like a private school when it comes to donations like that. Mm. You look overall numbers. Uh, ULM coming in at uh, 164 with a. Uh, Total uh, revenue at sixteen million. Where does that put them in terms of inside the conference, or in the, compared to Division One schools? Well, it's at the bottom of both. It's at the bottom of the Sun Belt for uh, Sun Belt football members, and you know it's at it's at the bottom of FBS. And really, when you compare it to you know the next to last in the Sun Belt is Louisiana Lafayette, and they made you know twenty eight point three million on a twenty seven million dollar budget. So. You can say they're down there together, but even then, they're you know there's significant separation to them. And honestly, it's kind of reminds me of a basketball column I wrote about Keith Richard and what he's doing despite the lack of resources there. Um, and it's about like this in every sport. Even today, ULM has more in common with North, with McNeese and Northwestern State financially than it does uh, Louisiana Lafayette or Louisiana Tech, and that's with you know the revenue from guarantee games coming in from being an FBS because that's a revenue stream you don't get in FCS. Mm. You look at Louisiana Tech, uh, 125, uh, 24 million dollars in total revenue. Expenses coming about 23 million, so they made uh, money according to this USA Today report. At 125, where did that put them in Conference USA? Next to last, oh. uh, they were down there. The only, the only Southern, um, Miss? Southern Miss was down there, which is all kinds of interesting. You know, people always say that Southern Miss is a little engine that could, and by by these figures, they um, they they certainly are. But again, like I said. You know, when you look at, you know, the outside contributions and things that are coming in there, Louisiana Tech's sitting a little bit better than the than some of these revenue numbers would indicate. Mm. Back to ULM. I, I guess that shows, I mean, big things are expected out of this football program this year, or at least a season where they could contend for a bowl game. Attendance has not been good, to say the least, in the last couple of years. That could be a huge uh, generation, generating revenue, how important this season is for the Warhawks and this athletic department. No, absolutely. And if you look at the ticket revenue, it actually jumped significantly this year from uh, 268000 to 783000 But in the past five years, there's only been two seasons where they've done more than 700000 in ticket sales. And, you know, Brian Wickstrom was big on, on ticket sales trying to get that up. That was one of his, you know, 
one of his the revenue streams that he was you know a big part of. And you would think with this season coming up, not just in football, but with, with basketball. I mean, I can't think of a year where people have been this excited going into a, to I guess what you would call the school year about those two sports. Hmm. So. When you look at it that way, then, yeah, this this is the time to come out and watch this, and hopefully that um, will lead to some higher figures with these ticket numbers. The only other time I would say perhaps uh, 2012, 2013 for football for ULM and, of course, mm-hmm. the buzz that they had. Uh, basketball, you're right. I mean, and, and Keith Richard, he's not running away from those expectations and how optimistic everybody is about next year's squad. No, and that's the joke I keep making when people ask me about it. Keith Richard has positive things to say about his basketball team, and that kind of scares me. You know, somebody that's covered him for a long time like I have, you know that that's rare. Uh, then, of course, uh, Grambling. You crunch the numbers with them, and they're doing some good things over there. Yeah, Grambling, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be a little bit less um, be, being being in the SWAC, not participating in FCS playoffs and doing their own thing, but – you know they pulled in you know 7.9 million in revenue on a on a 10 million dollar budget, and um, the interesting thing to me is, and this is something I want to do some research on, is student fees. Mm. And you know I understand what you're allowed what you're allowed to charge students, and I I've realized that in the UL system students have to have to vote vote that in themselves. And you know Grambling students want that. I mean. <laughs> They contributed 1.1 million in student fees for Grambling, and the year before it was at 2.4. So you can say say what you want about the G-men; they get behind them. And then one other thing about Grambling, and of course, Broderick Five signing that contract extension uh, last week made it official. What 319 thousand dollars a year plus incentives? He got a two percent raise from the university, just like the other professors and everybody else there did. But the foundation, they're basically the ones that chipped in the additional whatever it was, $120,000, $130,000. So a huge financial commitment by them to the Grambling football program. Absolutely. Broderick Fives has it made now. I was, we were talking about this on Twitter the other day, and I think a bigger job is in that man's future eventually, but it's going to have to be a good one because there, there's really no reason for him to leave Grambling right now. They're taking care of him. they still got more talent than anybody else in the SWAC. And um, just brought in Alden Clark. Um, fan, um, fans of high school football around town will remember him. He was the quarterback at Edna Carr, and uh, that, that that kid can absolutely spin it. You mentioned uh, student fees, and the uh, ULM students voted that down a couple of years ago. The difference, what that means for a university, and let's just take, for instance, my old school, Texas State. They've got, what, 37,000, 38,000 students there, and they have student fees. That additional money that that brings to that program is staggering. Absolutely, and if you look at look at Arkansas State, who um, you know a lot a lot of a lot of I hear the frustrations from a lot of ULM fans because Arkansas State and ULM used to be peers, and the thing is people say, oh how how can they do this and ULM can't? Well, let's start. If you want to look at the student fees, um, around five million each year in student fees. Not to mention that on the highest budget in the Sun Belt at uh, about about just short of forty million. Mm-hmm. So, when it comes to fundraising and student fees and you know finding this money. I think it gives them a five dollar million dollar advantage over ULM right from the get go. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of this too, you have, you think of you know, even though I think most most of these people may be giving more significant money to the Razorbacks, but you look at the kind of companies you have in Arkansas. You've got Walmart, you've got Tyson Chicken, you've got more more Fortune five hundred business than you do in Louisiana, and you know they're they're investing it in various places. But to me, the other interesting thing from the Sun Belt when you look at this list, and you being a former Bobcat mm-hmm. yourself, and I've had discussions about this with with coaches in the Sun Belt and everything, I do not understand for the life of me why Texas State isn't better. It is a weird sell, and and everybody talks about location, and it's in a perfect spot, you would think, right in between Austin and San Antonio. Right. But they kind of get they lost in the shuffle. I mean, they don't actually have a TV market that covers them extensively. I mean, San Antonio, they got their own issues, of course, and Austin, they're not going to travel down. I think, I think that hurts them. But when you look at the selling points of that university and how beautiful it is, the number of students they have, the co-eds that they have, they, they got a nice river running right through the middle of the campus. Mm-hmm. Where, they all, where they all like to hang out and yeah. get tan get tan and bathe in suits. Mm-hmm. I would think that would be a, a, be a high sell for a young man. Yes, it was a nice selling point for me. It, it, it fits your academic profile. <laughs> yes, and it's a great broadcasting school too. But besides that, I think it's a great point just in terms of athletics, why they are not doing better because – uh, the hotbed of Texas recruiting and the money that they can bring in, but uh, they continue to struggle. You know, and talking to some folks, you know, around San Marcos or around that program, and 
it seems like they have a lot of the same problems that ULM does when it comes to, you know, changing names, people not being on board, things changing, you know, um, you know, at snafus between administration and the athletic department. So in a way, Texas State is almost like ULM, but with actual money. Yes, and a lot more students. Well, that that too. Yeah. So. Uh, I wanted to get into this before we go to the break. Uh, there was substantial news, and it involved, of course, ULM getting the medical school. Great news for that university and what it means for the school overall. But with that, of course, where are they going to put it and what that means for tailgating and the Grove in the future? You had a nice article on it. There's been a lot of backlash from that, a lot of comments generated from that. As you kind of went into this thing, uh, what do you think it means for tailgating in the future of ULM football? Well, that's the thing. We still don't know. And that's something I'm currently investigating right now. I'm waiting for some for ULM to get back to me on a couple things, but that's a project I will be tackling over the next couple months. But, you know, it, it's like there's two camps when it comes to this. There are these people that are just seeing red and are raging mad that the Grove is going away. One of the great things that ULM sells on game day. I mean, basically, if you think about it, ULM had three things that were that were completely unique to them, and two of them are gone. The other being that, you know, plant and wildlife collection that was just sitting stored in brown they apparently didn't know what to do with. But that's another story. But you've got – you had that, you had the Grove, and you have Bayou Desir. And two of those are gone. And then, again, going back to what I was saying earlier, you also have this other camp who, you know, are really behind the medical school, as they should be. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know – and they're, they're, they're ride or die with that regardless of what happens. And to me, like a lot of things in life, and you know this doing the media when you, you know, discuss, discuss things with fans and hear the backlash or whatever, there, there's, there's, a, there's a meeting place in the middle that is probably, you know, where this needs to be. And if you look at, you know, the projections of this medical school and the, the millions it's going to bring to the area, you'd be crazy not to support it. So yeah. it's not about not supporting the medical school. The question I'm trying to answer is it did? Did it have to be an all or nothing thing? Did, did Are there you, other options on that campus? Right. Did Did you just have to give up the Grove and kick the L Club out of their house to make this happen? Huh. You're still waiting for answers. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully we'll get some of those soon. And when we do, you will be the first to know. And at eight nine nine three seven seven six two, it's the Stuart Shelby Newshead Insurance Hotline slash Text Line. Go to StuartShelby.com for a free quote. Let's take a time out. Coming up more with Adam Adam Hunsucker, plus your calls, your comments, and then at 8 o'clock, Chris Barron, West Monroe soccer coach, will join us as we talk a little World Cup. The Morning Drive back after this. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. 
grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive this hour is sponsored by ronnie ward toyota of ruston welcome back to the morning drive on sports talk 97.7 aaron here hanging out with adam hunsucker from the new star this morning jake martin uh, would be back tomorrow morning uh, big news, of course. NBA LeBron signs a four-year, $153 million with the Lakers. I guess it's not the money. We just kind of glaze over that. It's the fact that he's now in L.A. and the Lakers are once again in the news. They're relevant again. And you think about the Los Angeles Lakers haven't been relevant in years, and that's crazy to think about from a perspective of an NBA fan. Yeah. Uh, Randy does mention, why hasn't the, the fee been brought up again? It was a close vote last time. This is a reference in the student fees for uh, ULM and should, you know, I think it was a number of years ago they got voted down. Right. I was actually in graduate school, I believe, the last time uh, that got brought up, and that was in uh, 2013. Yeah. So hopefully the, you would think that they could bring that back up again. Well, they, they could, but the problem they've had is they just, the, the, the administration and the student government hasn't been able to sell it to the students. And until they do that, it's not going to pass. All right, sorry, I hear hear things in my head. I, I, well, <laughs> you I, hear I, it too. Well, I hear those all, all right. the time. I probably have something open here, John. I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, so the Lakers now, they literally are now being considered a, a considered an NBA championship potential team again. You think they're going to have to make some more? Uh, moves but with lebron now their odds go down to seven and two their chances of winning a title i wouldn't take that bet just yet they're going to need another piece because here's the thing you got to consider basically in this post miami heat world we live in you know talking about lebron james Dwayne wade chris bosh and them winning championships it used to be that if you had you you could win you would almost guaranteed to win a championship if you had two top 50 all-time players on your roster mm -hmm. now you need two just to compete so they're, they're going to have to um, get another piece there for LeBron. And whether that's Boogie Cousins, whether that's Kawhi Leonard, or who, who, wherever else they can swing, they're going to have to get that other piece to really um, really do that. I mean, I guess one thing that is going in their waiver, I know people want to talk about the superiority of the Western Conference, but, I mean, the Western Conference only had two legit contenders for the title last year and two, and two teams that won 50 games or more. So there's also that. ESPN reporting this morning is they've already picked up uh, three more players in uh, McGee, Caldwell, Pope, and then uh, Lance Stevenson, probably the biggest name of all of those. But that's not like you're adding that second piece to it. These no. are just role players. <laughs> no, Lance Stevenson does fill one one yeah. role though, and don't don't never underestimate this uh, uh, from a championship team in the NBA. You need to, you need a dude that's ready to fight and ready to throw hands at a moment's notice. Every yeah. championship team in the NBA has had that, and I think Lance Stevenson will fit that role beautifully. But now he won't be uh, pushing the buttons of LeBron James on the other team. Oh, he'll, teammates. Find, he'll find somebody else. That man's crazy enough yeah. to do it. You look at the Lakers last year, uh, 35 wins. They were 12 games out of the postseason. Now instantly, where does this put them? Top four, top five team in the West? I think that, I think with just the presence of LeBron, it'll put them in that top five. They'll definitely be in the playoffs. Um you know, maybe win a first-round series. You know, maybe at this point getting the Western Conference Finals, I think, would be a stretch. But I also think the the other interesting thing you look at is you look at uh, the money that Houston just paid Chris Paul. He will be making more than LeBron James, and that's um, that's called the price of the brick going up. Uh, Houston understands what it has to do to, to, you know, keep this window open even as long as it can. And if they have to overpay Chris Paul to do it, then that's just the way it's going to have to be. And then the other thing that should make uh, New Orleans fans very nervous, you got DeMarcus Cousins still out there. Of course, the Lakers have reached out to him. Uh, where does he end up? Does he now go to L.A.? And what did, could he mean to LeBron if they could team back up together? You look at Cousins' numbers last year through 48 games before he went down with that Achilles tendon, 25 points, 13 rebounds, and five assists per game. But will he be the same player he was before the injury? I think he will eventually. I think to put those expectations on him immediately coming off an injury like that, because it usually takes guys a year to get back in there, I think would be a bit unfair. But I think a, health, a healthy DeMarcus Cousins with LeBron James, it's what I would call a, it's what I would call a league pass team. See, back in the day, I used to have NBA league pass. This is, this is, before, you know, this is before I moved in with my significant other. Mm. Imagine that. Um, and, you know, I would sit and watch games. 
you know, all, there was always I could always find a game to watch because oh, I like watching this guy play. I'm gonna sit here and watch this for a little while too. So to me, that would make them the league pass team because they would just be so fascinating to see them play together. Because you look at Demarcus Cousins, he can do all the traditional big man things, but he can also play behind the three point line and shoot. You will get into regular season NBA, but you won't watch World Cup. What 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 is up with that? I mean, that that may be um, you know a, a contrast of styles there. I don't know, but. You know, it's just it's just basketball. Um, you know, as much as football was my first love, I think I enjoy covering basketball a little bit more. So I can always, I, again, I can always find an interesting player to watch. And it's funny, you know, my, my league pass team for a long time was Demarcus Cousins with the Sacramento Kings. I can always watch, especially when they had Rondo. I was like, I can just sit here and watch these guys play a little bit. Huh. The other big news, of course, from the NBA over the weekend, uh, Paul George, of course, re-signs with Oklahoma City. Uh, Westbrook was having a big party, and of course, uh, he was there. A celebrating style. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I guess now is the time to be happy. I'm not sure they're going to be happy in the postseason next mm-hmm. year because, again, um, for all the for all the wailing and gnashing of teeth that comes with West, Russell Westbrook, that team went as Paul George went in the playoffs last year, yeah. and um, it wasn't good. And you know, the, the they're still, I think, another move away. Is they got to figure out what they're going to do with a washed up Carmelo Anthony. Mm. Some huge news in the NBA. LeBron is now in L.A. Well, he isn't right now. He's off vacationing with his family in Europe. Again, must be nice. Yeah. And Magic Johnson now, he thought he had a smile on his face 24 hours a day before. What does this now mean? I don't think his legacy was in uh, too much trouble, but just overall how this guy continues to turn everything into gold. Magic stays winning. And, you know, again, like I mentioned in the first hour, never underestimate that Magic also learned from the master when it comes to courting free agents, and that is uh, the late Jerry Buss. Mm-hmm. How, how many years have you seen the Lakers, whether through free agency or trade, pull off pull off one of these kinds of moves? And um, it's clear that uh, Magic picked up a thing or two from Dr. Buss. And, and the other thing is, is this good for the NBA? Do the Lakers need to be relevant? I think – Yes, I think I think the NBA is better when the Lakers and the Celtics are both relevant at the same time. You know, and, and people like to throw that parody word out there. I don't believe in parody in the NBA because, quite frankly, there's never been parody in the NBA when you go look at it. So why start now? I mean, people want to throw up the 80s as like the hallmark era of the NBA. Well, here's the thing to remember about the about the 80s. Only three teams won the Eastern Conference in, in, in the 80s. The Celtics, the Pistons, and the 76ers. Only two teams won the Western Conference in the 80s, the Lakers and the Houston Rockets. I mean, there's there's nothing that says parity there. You know, and I think it's a star-driven league, and when you have stars in big markets on good teams, that's always good for that league. Everybody says now, yeah, well, there's literally only two or three teams that can win it. And I think a lot of times there's only two or three teams yeah, that can win history. it before. Yeah. <laughs> We go back to the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline. I think we got our old buddy Tommy Tharp on the line. Tomcat, how you doing, bud? What's going on, guys? Talking about guys living the lifestyle. LeBron and then uh, the Tomcat. On vacation, and I bet you're still vacationing. You're probably on your way to the golf course right now. You are correct. That's not vacation. That's work for me. I take my golf game very serious. Is Hunsucker doing a better job? Trying to get to the next level. Uh, Hunsucker, is he doing a better job than you did when you were guest co-hosting this show? Well, he's a consummate professional. He's he's from the he's from the loins of John Ward. Uh, may 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 his soul rest in peace. Uh, Hunsucker's you know he does it for a living. He's big time. Hmm. You no, know, and I appreciate that compliment from from a man from a man that, that knows the single wing up up one way and down the other. That uh, that means a whole lot. I'm not sure if that's a Slapping the face or not, but I guess I'll accept it. No, you, you should you should accept it. That just kind of remind me of some folks and I were talking about the late late Rick Gailey this weekend. Y'all know Rick Gailey was the longtime oh. successful coach at St. James that just passed away, yeah. and he, yeah, and I, I credit you too as the reason I love serious football like I do. Yeah, and and uh, all the prayers should go out to Coach Gailey. You talk about uh, a guy that that. Uh, Won a whole bunch of football games at St. James. And actually, Coach Gailey and I, uh, rest his soul also, uh, have something in common. We both uh, got to occupy the Marvelity Suite at the uh, Superdome. Nice. Well, somebody has to. They lost lost three times in the finals just like we have. uh, (laughs) That's good company to be in. Uh, Tharp, what golf course are you tearing up today? 
Morehouse International. Um, right. we, we're flying in. Should be touching down here in about 15, 20 minutes. And, um, hopefully get a preferred tea time uh, for the uh, senior U.S. Morehouse Open. In your world, what's bigger news this weekend? Uh, the two World Cup games on Sunday or LeBron James being a Laker? Neither. Neither on the on the radar. I was in Mexico when uh, Mexico got beat by Sweden and Apparently, my wit doesn't go over as well um, to uh, the inhabitants of Cozumel as I would have liked. Um, they, I don't know if they caught my dig about it's going to be really hard to beat Sweden. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.